I'll start over because I wasn't too happy with that delivery. Anyway, okay. plus, I feel like the DraftKings joke can get more laughs. No, I, oh, okay. I enjoyed it. I, I I'm just going to make it myself. I'm not going to laugh the second time. If I had seen it in your notes, I would have stolen it. I'll laugh up for <laughs> <laughs> Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast celebrating the radio show turned podcast Too Beautiful to Live and the only podcast not supported by FanDuel or DraftKings. I'm Bobby Pape. <laughs> On Saturdays, we bring you a look back at TBTL history, and you just heard us talk with Boss 10 Alicia about the time Jen Andrews and our very own Mike Frizzell reviewed an awful, terrible romance Kindle novel. If you haven't listened yet, make sure you go back and do so. It is very much a TBTL classic. This, however, is a Monday edition of the show when we bring you a recap of the latest TBTL week that was. Joining me early this early, early Sunday morning is a motley crew of tens, starting with from Chicago after a long night of drinking and karaoke at Alice's, Christy Wise. Hello, Christy. Hello. That was... That was <laughs> Not rehearsed, thank you. <laughs> and from Austin, the prison seamstress, the man who had pages of notes on the sweetest thing he never even got to when he talked to Jen, Mike Frizzell. Hey, live from the AutoZone studios, get in the zone, AutoZone. <laughs> hey, I wish we had some of that sweet, sweet DraftKings money. <laughs> yeah, they said They're giving away millions. Everywhere. Millions every week. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that other voice you just heard, Wagoneers, was not part of your imagination because we are not done yet. Today we are doubling down on the state of Texas. Joining us from Dallas, friend of the show, Meredith Mahan. Hello, Meredith. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for getting up early with us this morning. Of course. For those of you who haven't caught on yet, we record early on Sunday mornings before any of us are either incredibly elated or depressed about football and it's been a long saturday night for a couple of our co-hosts today so we will start with some lrb business that will include a recap on that followed by your week in review including your clip of the week it's always a good clip of the week when the guys do some role play then we'll do some housekeeping and talk about how you can get involved with the show but first big news in the world of little red bandwagon Christy, since you're the mastermind behind this, why don't you tell us what people can find if they go to littleredbandwagon.com right now? Thanks, Bobby. We are selling stickers. We have a Little Red Bandwagon one and a 10 sticker. The 10 one is sort of the material of a bumper sticker. It goes really well on windows and can be taken off and put back on. So there you go. You guys have been asking for it, and now you got it. So buy them. That's right. Stop Stop complaining about not having them and go get them. <laughs> and they're actually better than the original 10 stickers because they can be put anywhere where the other one had sticky on the front. So you could only put it in a window. You know what, uh, Bobby? Chris, what people don't know is Christy's actually a very angry person. She seems very <laughs> nice and, and very pleasant, but she's a pretty angry person. And mm -hmm. if you at any time in the past have asked about, inquired after, made hints about, um, made sarcastic remarks about us not having merch or stickers. She will find that message and shame you with it mm -hmm. if you don't yeah. hurry up and go buy those stickers. So this is oh, real, wait. people. Have this you is seen real. my spreadsheet? Did I did I share it with you? <laughs> I have the sticker shaming. Yeah. 
it's kind of like sticker stops, you know, of terrible radio sure. stations, but it's sure. the shaming. You'll, you'll sit out there under a tent and yell at people who, who don't pick up a sticker. Mm-hmm. That's right. So if you're pulling through a gas station in Everett and someone yells at you from across the parking lot, they're going to be the only person who knows what the hell on your stick, the sticker on your car means. Yep. Yeah. Thank you for supporting us with that. Uh, worth noting, I put this in the notes on the website too. We worked very hard on these stickers and on the descriptions on these stickers and how to roll all this out. This is not to make us rich. Um, some of you may not realize that there's a little bit of outlay of money to make this show happen. Uh, the web hosting, the hosting for the the podcast itself, things like that. Uh, and so these stickers are our hope to not drive ourselves bankrupt doing this show. So we appreciate the help. Again, no DraftKings and no FanDuel. Not yet, anyway. Not I'll yet. take that money. I'll take stamps.com money. <laughs> I'll, I'll take voter pill money. I don't care. Come on. Come on, yeah, sponsor. Yes. Step up. <laughs> Uh, uh, can we just get Curly on to talk about low T? <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. He might do that in his spare time. You might not even have to pay Curly to talk about low T. Well, he's not only their spokesman, but he's their best customer, right? That's how that works. <laughs> he's also a client. Uh, and Christy, we're going to keep you talking for a minute because as oh, we mentioned okay. at the top, you are not at home in the, the Pacific Northwest, you have made the mistake of traveling to Chicago. Would you like to tell us who you've been spending your time with and what we can do to break you from this cult? <laughs> well, I traveled to Chicago mostly to go to the Seahawks Green Bay game. And yes, I know that the Packers play in Green Bay and not in Chicago, but Green Bay is hella boring. So we went, came to Chicago <laughs> Um, decided to spend a couple days here, had a TENS meetup uh, last night, and then we're traveling to Green Bay in just a couple hours. So that's why I came. The The meetup was really fun. We met at the Hollywood Club. Um, and just to Jeremy's dismay, it was another TENS meetup where everything was too loud and we ended up shouting at each other. And that's when we <laughs> <first> got today. <laughs> Um, we just shouted at each other, could barely hear what the people were saying. Um, and then we moved to Alice's and sad part about Alice's is the secrets out that place. Every time I've gone, there's been no one else in there and you can have a lovely t- conversation and get as many songs as you want in, uh, in doing karaoke. And this place was packed to, I mean, we were standing almost outside they heard, you were, they heard you were coming, and mm-hmm. there was so little room left in the bar after Mike McCauley's hat. <laughs> was he wearing a fat guy hat last night? Oh. Mm-hmm. McCauley, did McCauley don a fat guy hat? He's known he to was. do that. He was. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So when Christy has fully uh, woken up and recovered from last night, we'll ask her more about Chicago. Stay mm-hmm. tuned for that on future episodes of the show. Uh, We'll have more business at the end, but for now, let's jump into our week in review, starting with Monday, episode number 1947, hashtag HumbleMeet. We open with a reference to Moore's Law, and then Andrew talking about how guilty he feels that because of the the previous week, which had been a week of Phyllis Faves, he had a relatively light week while Luke was on vacation. And this is interesting because I don't think this has ever been really formal for them before but luke went on vacation they aired best ofs 
Andrew got paid to sort of not host for a week. Yeah. Did they pass that money on to Phyllis? I hope so. Yeah. She did all the work. Yeah. She like combed the, through archives. They were edited the too clips. a little bit. I could tell yeah. there's some editing involved. So yeah. is that how Andrew earned his keep for the week? Editing mm. and putting the shows together? I think I think that's how he feels. But I mean he was he was feeling bad about not doing shows solo, but uh no like I said, nobody should podcast alone and like mm-hmm. Andrew definitely they should pay him to just keep his hot dog stories to himself till Luke comes back. <laughs> so Andrew should get farm subsidies of podcasting from Infinite Quest. Right. right. <laughs> keep the keep the podcast field fallow for this year. Uh Let's not let's not try to raise any crops while Luke's gone. Thanks, though. <laughs> um, Luke made a passing reference to how Andrew shouldn't feel bad that the download numbers are lower when he's hosting. Mm. <laughs> I haven't, you know, you know, Bobby. I since I've been spotty in attendance lately, I have not gone to check the numbers. Be, um, and now I'm thinking that I won't because I don't want my feelings hurt. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I was just gonna say, Bobby, we don't we don't care that the numbers have been in half since you started hosting. Thank oh, you. That's hurtful. Actually, I don't even know how to check it, so yeah. <laughs> that was just me yeah. to you be can mean. Barely on the internet, so I don't let's, care. Let's not get carried away, Christy. I don't care what also, the download. I don't care. I don't care if anyone listens to this. That's the difference. Oh, uh, we got unfiltered Christy today. Look out, people! <laughs> you thought you had nice giggly Christy. This sounds like nerd out loud. <laughs> You don't have to listen, but you do have to buy stickers. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Thank you. This is why Meredith... love or hate our podcast. Just buy some fucking stickers. <laughs> Folks, Meredith has been brought in as the closer. <laughs> uh, the real news from Monday is that Luke just got back from Bentonville, where he was judging a squirrel cook-off and also... <laughs> took a tour of the Walmart museum or just talked about the Walmart museum. Um, If you didn't follow Luke's Twitter feed, go back and scroll back and look at all the creepy pictures of squirrel meat. The thing is that they weren't that creepy. All, all that contest seemed to be was whatever hipsters are currently cooking and serving in their, um, Mm -hmm. their, you know, locavore bistros. They, they were just threw squirrel in it instead of whatever, you know, tofu. And, and that was it. Like, how far are we going to take this uh, niche food thing? Uh, the squirrel thing seems to be the logical conclusion. I hope it is a logical conclusion because, you know, we've done like bugs, we've done exotic meats. Now let's, can we just get back to eating what we actually want to eat? Or do we have to keep trying to eat things that disgust us? Is what's the point of these things? I agree. It's about sustainability, Mike. Okay. Oh, it's and not. Local he said sourcing. Subsistence really, really hunting. To, yeah, he said it's really hard to hunt a squirrel. This isn't about local <laughs> no, sourcing anything. This no, is not. going off is what this is. Let me walk into the backyard today and I'll shoot five squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is not the hardest thing. Yeah, my dog to. could bring us whole dinner, I think. Right. Take, 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 take the dog's collar off, Meredith, and, and right. see how many – you'll have by four this afternoon but you meat eaters would you actually try this stuff yeah sure yes why not yeah i i mean i do i just don't understand why people draw the line yeah there was one photo where i'm sorry where it looks like a squirrel you can see its body Hmm. oh that i would right say right meredith 
body. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to fire you on your first day. Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Oversight on my part. Um, I would have a hard time with that just because of the record. I think squirrels are cute, and I don't want to eat something that is adorable. Mm. So I'd like to pretend that it's just an ugly piece of flesh. I actually enjoy the fact that CBS Sunday Morning felt like this is a worthwhile segment. Like, look at these guys in Arkansas eating squirrel. And Luke's getting paid to do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I think last week, because Mo Rocca wasn't available, Luke gets to go to Bentonville and eat squirrel. Last week he did New Orleans uh, eating Nutria. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about the guy. Just I wrote down the quote uh, from the guy running the squirrel competition, not the most polished event manager, because he's got the flying axe handle. I've never heard that expression. That doesn't make any sense. It's not the first time. Won't be the last. No, I've never heard it before, but it's it's being entered into my lexicon. I like it. Oh, uh, the, he went to the Walmart Museum, and he was defending Walmart to a certain degree, which I understand. Because, uh, I mean, you're there, and you're you're ensconced in it, and then you, you hear the story, like Sam Walton. He he accomplished an American dream. And the the problem that we have as a society with someone accomplishing the American dream is very often comes at the expense of other Americans. And you know, what he's, what he's accomplished is fabulous and it's done a lot for a lot of people, but it also has hurt a lot of people. But I think we have a hard time coming to grips with that. So you kind of side with whoever you're talk you talk to last. So I think he was coming out of the Walmart machine and he, he was sort of like, yeah, Sam Walton. Great. Great story. And it is a great story, but uh, for America overall, maybe not so much. So kind of like when he talked to Howard Schultz. Yes, yes, yes. He, he He's not going to call anybody out. I think we found that out about Luke. Mm-hmm. He's not right. calling anybody out. Well, he just wanted to pass for a mogul. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> a squirrel-eating mogul. Who started out <laughs> podcasting from his garage. No one's in a garage right now, right? Mm-mm. All right, that's why that joke doesn't land from Andrew about starting a Sam's Club from a garage. Yeah, you could spend five minutes explaining it why it's funny. Yeah, that's yeah they they've been they've been doing a lot of that lately. Like if a joke doesn't land, they they spend a lot of time talking about it instead of just moving on from it. That's rough. That's some rough, yeah. rough going. <laughs> uh, I'll give Andrew some redemption though. When Luke was telling the story of going on the squirrel the squirrel hunt, this was a passing line that didn't get much attention. But Andrew just says, were you carrying a weapon were you yourself or were you just there as a reporter? Maybe think that he was embedded like in Iraq. <laughs> right. right. When the squirrel shit starts flying, look out. <laughs> uh, more notes on squirrels. Um, <laughs> Meredith, I don't want to pass this up. You just have written squirrels and moonshine equals showing off. Yeah, yeah. Andrew had this long rant about how how ridiculous it is that that Southern people are eating squirrels and drinking moonshine and how they're doing it seemingly to show off or to like, look at me, I'm a Southern cartoon. Mm -hmm. Um, And that whole conversation irritated me a little bit because, you know, people did have to eat squirrel. Mm -hmm. And Luke kind of explained it. Um, But uh, uh, I've, you know, I've only been in the South for a few years, but people do this stuff for real. It's not like they're trying to impress Northerners. People were right. always eating squirrel, Bobby. It's just now everyone has a camera. And so we're capturing. <laughs> right. Same with those smoking crabs. Yeah, right. Oh. We, crabs have been smoking. I mean, crab cancer. I mean, 
come on, it's the name of the, the actual animal. Crab cancer has been a problem forever because of crab smoking. And now we have all these pictures of it and everyone's getting upset. Well, this has been a problem for a long time, just like Southern people drinking moonshine and eating squirrel. It's just everyone has a, has a cell phone and we're capturing it all. Let's not get too upset about it. Well, the Discovery Channel alone has put this stuff on the map. Right. Everything. Do you guys ever see Moonshiners? Oh, I've I've no? sort of caught commercials and just run away from that kind of garbage. Yeah, I only know it because we're in this hotel, and it seems that Discovery Channel has about four shows, and all of them <laughs> seem to be about people killing weird animals and cooking them outside when they don't have to because they have houses. And then, <laughs> okay, maybe so that I'm, is showing off. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I glossed over yet. Oh no. The first of a couple of days of conversations about how old Saturday night live sketches are lame. Where well, does everyone... they, they, they talk about how unfunny they are and then not to fast forward, but the next day they play one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have to explain unfunny things. So that makes sense. Uh, well, I guess let's, let's hold our water on that. We'll, yeah. we'll go around to it. But first Monday also includes talk of, uh, a friend of TBTL, the PT Cruisin lady who lives like it's 1885. Well, I, I like to live like it's 1885, but that's just because that was, you know, my prom year. And that was when I was really in my prime. <laughs> How'd you steal that joke from Christy? It's not even in her notes. <laughs> it's hard to steal jokes from Christy this week because, uh, yeah, she's got nothing. She's got nothing on you here. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> yep. There you go. That's a class. That's that's my classic Christie bit right there. Yep. So the internet hates this lady, but we think she's all right, right? Because we knew about her first. So we're the indie rockster, <laughs> pitchfork listeners of of internet outrage. Well, I, th- I think you have a point, Bobby. That I think we when we first heard her on TBTL, or at least I'll, I'll just speak for myself. When I first heard her on TBTL, I kind of felt like she was like the hand model lady. Like she was kind of talking down to us a little bit about how awesome she is and how shitty I am. But I think it's the baggage that we bring, you know, cause, <laughs> cause I can't be off the internet for more than five seconds. And, you know, I, I don't want to really cook anything for myself or I don't want to, you know, I don't want to ride a bike that doesn't have a thousand gears. Um, so I think we bring a little bit of our own baggage, but also from what Luke says, she's pretty legit. So you, it's hard to be mad at someone who's actually trying to do it. And she just doesn't go home and secretly, you know, eat Wendy's in her, you know, bathroom. And it, I don't know. I, I forgive her, I guess, for being her, her bathroom, trying to be generous, her bathroom. That's not in her basement, but is on the main floor of her house. Boy was Emily. Boy was Emily getting mad during that conversation until Christy corrected that bathroom so, placement. Did Emily go to the chamber? No, I don't think Emily's ever been in that house. She just remembered the the descriptions. Yeah, she's remembered the descriptions, and and I've told her about my experiences in the chamber. All right, that was an adequate pause to think about that. On to <laughs> voicemail from Stubot sharpshooting Luke about Tom Brady. My arch nemesis in life this week, and <sighs> um, Tom Brady not undrafted, just drafted low before coming up in a clutch moment. Um, I like that he went to look it up on the air as if he was going to prove Stubot wrong about a sports thing. Oh no! Oh come on, Stu isn't going to step to you unless he's 
you know, right. he really has it. Right. And don't, don't even just, just play the correction. Just read the correction. You've, you've been stewed. <laughs> yeah, don't, uh, don't second guess a man who's got way too much time on his hands for research. <laughs> right. Uh, and thank you, Stubot for filling in last week by the way we're glad to have you and i'm sure we'll have him back at some point on this little here you guys had stewbot on what mm-hmm. you guys had stewbot on he's yeah. pretty famous he was good, all right good pull yeah well you know we had an open chair um also a voicemail from linus who i believe is the child of a listener just warning andrew never to dig straight down <laughs> I don't think you realize this, folks, but this show is slowly just going to become about Minecraft. Minecraft and, and house doing right. or something. If Can you dig straight down in Minecraft if you call 411 or whatever the line is? Dig safe. Yeah. <laughs> How great would it be if Andrew was constructing his mid-century modern house in Minecraft and then uh, hit a sewer line? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to play Minecraft, but I put all the little flags down to where I was going to put my sprinkler system, and the city hasn't come out yet, so I haven't been able to play for weeks. Um, is this where we talk about house, or should we wait? Do we have to talk about house at all? Well, I just want to know—I want to take bets with you guys of how long until they fill the pool in with cement. Mm-hmm. With nineties well, skater punks, they should have already put <laughs> putting all their ceilings in there just for filler. Right. I mean, because first of all, money pits are just—I mean, pools are money pits just like boats are. Mm-hmm. So now they have two boats or more. Well, we know he's not pool. opposed to money pits. Exactly. Right. That's my argument. The the pool's going to have some leaks that the inspector didn't find. Uh, they're going to realize it's very expensive to maintain a pool pool that you can only use about one month a year in seattle and it claimed the life of his telephone (laughs) oh please i don't know why he doesn't buy his phones at the sam's club in andrew's garage he should be buying these by the (laughs) right oh when we get to that i have uh someone at the meetup last night was very concerned and had some feedback for that (laughs) okay i i don't expect he'll ever fill in that pool because despite the cost of airfare to fly a pool boy in from Bellingham, Massachusetts. <laughs> I think that again, yeah, he loves a good money pit and there's going to be like three days where they use that pool and love it. And Rudy's going to jump in and go for a swim and it's going to be idyllic. And that's it. Until they, until they find out it's leaking into the foundation. And it becomes a mosquito breeding ground. Cause that's what those pools are about. Yeah. It's also a good place to drown a toddler. So if they have a kid, they, they might have yeah, to fill that right. in too. That's a good point. And a dark one. On to no point conversion. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't take a lot of notes during the no point conversion, but it is worth noting that it moved to Monday. It's a Monday morning quarterback situation now and not a preview of the weekend. Does anyone have notes on this? I only wrote down one quote and it's not football related. Uh, I, I only I, listened long enough to hear the song, and then I turned it off. Yeah, Meredith is not a sports fan. Nope. From what we gather, um, I I was a huge sports fan growing up and into my middle age years, and I still am a sports fan, but I'm not as much of a fanatic about my team anymore. Like I'll watch the Huskies and I'll watch the Seahawks, and I don't get as upset anymore when things are going badly and I don't get as happy when things are going good. I think it's like, uh, it's, it's like the John Curley low T just seeping in as you age, you kind of, and I think Luke is getting to this point 
where it's nice to see your team win, but if they lose, it doesn't ruin your whole day. And it's a good feeling. I never thought I'd get here, but I'm happy to be here. Yeah, there's no obligation to drink yourself stupid to celebrate or to drink yourself stupid to ease the pain. <laughs> right. Yeah. Stop using the sports as an excuse. Just drink yourself stupid, stupid. Right, just do it, yeah. <laughs> well, we'll move to Tuesday then. Uh, and, you know, go go Seahawks. This is a Sunday morning mm-hmm. when we're taping this. I'd love to see them win in Green Bay against the Packers. Yeah, you rock. Well with the Seahawks. That's right. So for Christie's sake, Seahawks, get your shit together. And uh, oh yeah, just those those Green Bay fans whining about the fail Mary and that stuff last year. Just just win the games, and you, and you don't have to whine. Just just win by thirty. Like beat us the way we beat you down last year, and then nobody has to hear anything. To Tuesday, nineteen forty eight, Clune Dog Millionaire. We start with Luke enduring his water, Luke which was painful, followed by a mention of LexisNexis and a conversation about the bees, Luke's water Luke, at the house at Burbank Springs. A conversation of how he should have tried to rehome the bees, but he's convinced that they're just jerk yellow jackets that need to die. <laughs> well, and, and when, when, even when you say at this point, uh, they're, they're yellow jackets, they're wasps, uh, I'm going to kill them. There will be someone coming out on the stands or someone will send an email about how wasps are so vital to this ecosystem and don't kill it. <laughs> Just the it's audience is big enough now where there's, there's going to be a people that have a problem. With you yellow jacket enthusiast. Yeah. If you had a termite in your nose, they wouldn't allow you to shoot <laughs> right. well, it out and stop on it. They need to stop reading those because it's fueling the fire of these yes. idiots. Well, the the wasps got their revenge on Luke, it sounds like. And then he he expresses surprise that a bee sting hurts more than a pricker bush. <laughs> right. right, because it's poison, Luke. Yeah. It's not just, you're not just getting stuck. You're getting stuck with poison. This and really itches. What kind of yeah. bees were they? The, no kind of bees. No, no, no. Well. Where from? Where are these bees from? Oh, uh, Latin, Mexico. Nope, Latin America. Right. They are Latin American bees. Uh, taking we have domestic to be bee jobs. Correct. Yeah. We, they might not be from Mexico. They might be from Puerto Rico. They take the stinging jobs that, that no one here will take. So I'm happy to have them. Right. They're washing those little bee dishes. They're working our bee farms. Yeah. There is an anchor bee in my front yard right now. <laughs> Uh, they're all just hanging out outside the home depot. Oh, didn't even oh come on. Oh, man. Let's stop down and dissect that one. <laughs> just kidding. Let's explain it. Yep. Yeah, just kidding. No. All right. Here's 15 minutes on mild racism. No, back to old Saturday Night Live again, because we talk about the B sketch from the late 70s uh, and John Belushi's Latin American B character. Uh, was it Andrew who really wanted to tie in the Simpsons B-Man to that? It usually is. I think so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, there's an email later on, so we can pick it up then. But, of course, we're all way overthinking that. Uh, Andrew did, for his benefit, though, did get a line out about how this is the Holocaust of bees. <laughs> Speaking of uncomfortable jokes. <laughs> well... I, I don't. I think what people don't understand is hol- Holocaust is not a is not an event. It's a word. Um, we say the Holocaust, but 
it was a Holocaust. It was, it's a, what I guess what I'm trying to say is um, we have given Holocaust a lot of weight because we equate it with that particular Holocaust where all the, the Jews were exterminated, but Holocaust can be any kind of Holocaust and be Holocaust. So I wasn't offended, but only because I'm smart like that. Right. But you don't think that the word Holocaust has been bogarted or Kleenexed or. Well, yeah. Ki- yeah. Kind of like uh, the word facial, you know, you just shouldn't. Uh-huh. <laughs> no one has ever compared the Holocaust to facials before. It's cutting edge right here first on LRB. <laughs> yeah, it's just taken a meaning that was never intended, uh, but it's there. And we, yeah, you probably got to knock it off with the Holocaust and with the facial. Right. And also anything that's called a steamer. Mm-hmm. That's got to go. <laughs> Luke is struggling with Verizon. He just wants to change. This is pre cell phone death by pool. Uh, he just wants to change his data plan. He's got too much data on the hotspot that he uses for the show sometimes. And he decides that the best way to do this isn't to go online to Verizon's website where it's actually surprisingly easy to change your data plan. I've done it. He doesn't decide to call them, but he decides to go into the store and, and deal with what comes. Um, and we could reenact this, but Luke and Andrew do a much better job of reenacting it. Well, wasn't he in that store to pick up a chub pack of phones, like a like a shrink wrap <laughs> 16 pack? Only after the guy in front of him can find out what the S stands for in the S4. Oh, God. <laughs> Let's take a moment. I'm sure, that, I'm sure whatever that – wait, before you start. I'm sure that whatever that guy was going to get at the – at the Apple store. Was he at the genius bar? Were no. they at the Apple store? This was right. the, the Verizon store. Right. Verizon Whatever store. that guy was going to buy, he would have brought out his checkbook. I'm sure. Just oh, to yeah. take an extra minute and a half. <laughs> he wasn't in there to buy anything, Mike. But he had a coupon. <laughs> We've all worked in customer care at some point. Yeah. You know, these people, they're You're just right. lonely and nothing else to do. He goes in there probably a couple times a, a month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, well, as we just alluded to, uh, and we mentioned earlier, we get a little role play on this Tuesday episode of the show. Uh, Luke and Andrew reenacting what Luke witnessed at the Verizon stores. So let's take a moment now and listen back to that. Let's try to role play this for a minute, okay? Mm-hmm. You can be you be the the guy. You're Danny at Verizon, and I'm this um, this guy who's just. Asking about phones, okay? Okay. Well, what's Danny like? What's kind of in here? Danny is, um, Danny is probably like mid twenties. Mm-hmm. He knows his stuff. He's um, wearing a tie. He's got one of those like sad dressed up outfits on, though. Oh yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like, you mean there's... that you're wearing a tie and you know dress shoes and and slacks, but you know you don't make tons of money, so it's all a little down market. You're... That's precisely. Precisely the thing I'm trying to say, which is there are, are a number of jobs where they tell the employees, hey, you've got to look professional, you've got to dress up, but they don't pay the employees enough money to have dress clothes that are not threadbare and falling mm-hmm. apart. Yeah. And I always feel like that's an unfair position for the employee to be in. Right. Either pay people enough that they can buy, you know, dress outfits that aren't, dress clothes that aren't going to just like f- fall apart or don't require that of them. So okay, that's so, and Danny so that's, knows his stuff. Danny, okay. Danny knows, knows Danny his knows his stuff. stuff. He's not overly selly, 
but he's you know helpful. Danny's a good guy, by the he's way. Welcome. He's welcoming and, and ready to help. Yeah, and I'm a guy who's just standing here, asking. Okay, um, I'll start. Um, uh, do you guys have the new? Um, I see you got this rebate on this um, this tablet. It's uh, fifty dollars. Do the uh, how, how long does it take for me to get that rebate back? Well, sir, I'm gl- am I hitting Danny? Is that yeah. kind of the, the tone you, for Danny? Wait a second. Did you did you scene study with Danny? <laughs> because that is I've known a lot of Dannys in my life. That is eerie. <laughs> that is exactly how Danny talked. <laughs> right. I'm going to tone it down a little bit, only because right. I need to save my vocal cords for yeah. the improv. You know what? It's an acting today. thing. Listen, right. if you're gonna if you're gonna end up there with Danny, you can't start the scene there. You've got to have some room. To go and fully get your Danny on. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna play a little okay. more subdued Danny. All right. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, you know, I, I I can't remember the exact question you asked, but yeah, uh, I think well, I, when I, do I, I get can, the rebate I, back on this tablet? You know, usually it takes between I think eight and ten weeks. Yeah, because my uh, friend of mine, uh, Janine, uh, lady friend, um, she got a rebate back, and uh, hers was about probably took them about five weeks for hers. Yeah, this. I mean, you might get it in five weeks, but um, you know, they they say eight to ten, um, but some a lot of times people will get it earlier. Yeah, hers was from uh, Rite Aid. It was on some uh, medication or something, but they were able to do that one in about five weeks. So, so this one's about eight weeks. This one for this tablet. That's my understanding. They say about eight to ten weeks. Yeah. How about these uh, Samsung phones? Are those pretty good? Are those uh, people seem to like. Those? Yeah, yeah. I I use one. I have the S five. What's that S stand for? Samsung, I believe. That'd be my, my friend, guess. Uh, my friend uh, with the rebate, she had one of those phones too. Yeah, she thought it was pretty good. She liked it. Yeah, yeah, no, solid, solid phone. What about the S four? Is, uh, is that a phone? <laughs> just for forty-five minutes. Every time I thought the conversation was over, he would just ask another inane question about. And if this guy had appeared. More, um, how do I put this in a way that doesn't seem hurtful? If he appeared to be like a homeless person or somebody who was overtly uh, mentally ill in some way, it would have made more sense. He was just a normal looking guy who just took his sweet ass time with this rambling series of conversations about just the things in the store. And was he doing those big pauses almost like he was trying to figure out the next question? Like he was just – is that why you said this was an exercise in watching other people's loneliness? Like Guy was just desperate to not leave? Well, that was what I pieced together was that he was – this was an interaction for him that was somehow gratifying. Um, and, and, maybe, and it had to be that he was just like he had somebody there who had to answer all of his questions. And maybe his other relationships weren't going great and maybe – this was a moment where he felt kind of heard, you know, mm-hmm. like as I say it that way, it makes me feel kind of a little sad for the guy and a little bit even more annoyed with myself that it bothered me. So but it was like I don't know if he was looking for another question to ask. He was just one of those people who is in zero hurry in their life. Uh, what a Leviathan that was. <laughs> Hey, that's the only time of the year that I actually shop for cell phones is during the Leviathan. <laughs> Does it coincide with truck month? Because you could really overhaul your entire life. Yeah, that's like double coupon savings at Ralph's grocery store when you can that's get like Texas closes down for that week oh, during yeah. Leviathan and truck month. Yeah, come on. 
they're basically paying you to take that truck off their hands. Meredith, let me ask you this. Since you moved to Texas, um, you don't have a truck, do you? No, I do not. Do you find that um, if you drive a sedan or anything less than a truck, that you rarely have any idea what's going on on the highway? Oh, I can't see anything. Right. I drive a small SUV from Japan, which I'm surprised was allowed through the border. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I can't see anything no. ever when I drive. And, and see, that's the thing. That's how they get you to buy a truck. I'm since I've oh, lived in a Texas. Truck. It's a vehicle cold war. It's the only time I've ever been tempted to buy a truck. I don't yeah. want a truck, but I, I, I desperately want to see what's going on out there. <laughs> Some of you know this. If you follow me on social media, we, uh, Sam made the mistake of giving me the remotes the other night and letting me pick whatever I wanted to watch for our Saturday evening at home. And so we watched Roadhouse, and one of the goons in Roadhouse just casually drives around a monster truck. Just yeah. with Is no it, explanation, really. He just well, has that's Texas. That's right. Texas. That's, that's all right. I think. Is it the goon um, that that gets caught having sex in the bar by the boss, or is it a different goon? I believe it's a different one. I don't know that this guy has any affectation besides driving the monster truck. Oh, right. That was his character, monster truck guy. Right. <laughs> yeah, not to be confused with the guy who has sex in the break room, not to be confused by the big fat guy who gets crushed by the polar bear. <laughs> <laughs> I can get behind uh, Roadhouse, but only because the only woman of science in that movie, the only the only, uh, the only, only, actually the only real female character is a doctor, and she's smoking hot. And I say... If women can get that hot, let's let them into science. Let's let them let them do whatever they want with the science. But I don't know. She, oh, what's that? What's that uh, actress's name? She's so hot. I, I'll, I'll email Andrew. He, I'm sure he'll have it on the tip of his tongue. <laughs> um, let's see here. Andrew has a, a a commiserating story. He can help bond with Luke over the fact that he was waiting in line. And it took forever for someone to make his sandwich. <laughs> Man, the struggle is real. Right. Is not? Which rolls into a, a little explanation of Andrew's class-based road rage. Now, we've discussed on the show before Andrew's road rage. Um, but I, I actually see this. You know, if somebody cuts me off in a Lexus or something, I get really pissed. And I, you know, I'll flash my lights if I want to cut them off. But if somebody cuts me off in a beater... I just assumed that they're running late to work and needed to get there faster than I did. What uh, Emily has changed my mind about uh, road rage and what she does, because like Cullen got his driver's license a few years ago and he's super cautious and really slow and, um, you know, just isn't always the most with it driver. So she says every time that stuff happens out on the road, she says, just pretend that's Cullen. And then I'm like, okay, I'm not going to scream bloody murder at that that BMW driver who I'm sure is a complete asshole. But it's definitely not Colin. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) So every time I cut someone off or someone cuts me off and then I pass them and flick them off and yell, you're a mistake and nobody loves you. That's what I've been Mm. doing wrong. Mm. Yeah, I've stopped that recently. Yeah, it's probably a good thing to stop. Don't be so mean to Colin. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet boy. Also, he's he's six four, about two thirty. So, you know, if you make him mad, he might get out of his car and kill you. 
<laughs> no, well, but he'd do it very carefully. He'd put on his flashers. He'd pull over. He would. He would. He'd sit out some flares. It would be a big production. Our top story for Tuesday: Facebook's adding a dislike button, but not actually a dislike button, but like a sympathy button. A "we're with you, but I don't want to say like" to this sad post. Uh, did we need it? I don't think we need it, right? We've gotten pretty far along with yeah. that so far. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little yeah. bit of shark jumping, I think. Just uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's a gateway. I mean, once they do that, I mean, how many buttons are we going to have? Right. I feel like there's more than enough emoticons to go around now. Oh, can, we, can we can we can I talk about emoticons for a second, guys? Yes, as an old you. person, um, I don't know what you're trying to say. With your emoticons. I can't, I mean, I'll pull the screen all the way up to my face. I'll try to see what exactly, is that a cloud? Is that a poop? Uh, what's the expression on the fourth face as opposed to the third face? Um, just tell me what you're saying. Thanks. I'm trying to tell you that your wink lights my eggplant on fire. <laughs> uh yeah, we don't need to spend much time on this top story. Uh, more importantly, Andrew has been checking out Minecraft Reddits and jokes that I, I hope jokes that he tore down his cottage to build a mid-century modern house. Oh, I bet that's entirely real. Yeah, We need a Minecraft correspondent not to come on and tell us how Minecraft works. I've moved on from that. Right, I, okay. I don't care. <laughs> we need someone to go find Andrew in this world and torment <laughs> oh. him. Oh. Can you murder people in Minecraft? Yes. Oh, no, 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 no. Can yes, you I'm sure you someone. can. Aiden, but Aiden, we have a job for you. He, oh, he would never kill Andrew. No, 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 no. It's you don't kill business. Andrew. You just go in there and make his life so miserable that he kills himself. That is the goal oh. when you go into Minecraft. I didn't realize teenagers could send mean text messages in Minecraft. Like there are, there are at least three or four hours during the day when Andrew's not on Minecraft. So you go in right then and you just you you tear all his stuff up. And you then dig you holes in his yard that he falls into. Steal yeah. his pumpkins. Yep. <laughs> okay, we need to talk about that. Andrew sees pumpkins <laughs> in real life <laughs> and thinks to himself, "Oh right, I needed pumpkins." Uh. He didn't need pumpkins. Spoiler alert. No. Well, mm-hmm. he did. He does, just not in real life. Now he needs a new pumpkin because his pumpkin is all about Minecraft right now. He needs to get his mind elsewhere. Uh, he's, he's losing it, I think. Somebody come back to us and tell us how we can catroll Andrew in Minecraft. And, oh, by, and by we, I mean you, because we're just going to need you to do it and tell us about it. <laughs> like the next time he goes to dig a fence post, like the cat comes crawling out of there singing yep. Game of Cats. <laughs> Just be careful how long you wear the pumpkin mask because eventually you become the pumpkin. Right. It's no longer a mask. The mask is wearing you. Uh, Colbert review. I I haven't watched any Colbert yet. Me neither. I think we can safely say none of us have logged any time watching any late night shows lately. Yep. Uh, Uh I, I imagine that he has a certain amount of conformity that he needs to apply going to 1135 on a major network. And so the whining about how he's not as crazy and original as he used to be doesn't surprise me in the least. Well, his specialty was always calling people out, Um, you know, and, and I don't, I just don't know if that's, if that's your, 
late night talk show, you know, your late show thing is, is like uh, calling out politicians and, and idiots. Um, it's, he's doing a talk show now, so you got to let him do a talk show. Right. He's going to need that ratings bump during sweeps when Kenny Chesney can come on and play a new song. And so <laughs> yep. he has to worry about the Kenny Chesney fans. There are, there are deals that you make, you know, you, you want to be, you want to be the king of late night or whatever. You got to play the game. Yep. Uh, we get an email from Erica, the vegan talking about being a vegan. Mm. All right, let's leave that there. Wednesday night. 19- <laughs> no, no, let's not leave that there. Let's not leave that there. We're when don't vegans there. talk about ve- being vegan? When they're running marathons. Uh, sure. uh-huh. um, Meredith, you seem to feel most strongly about this based on your notes. Ken, uh, I know the vegans are going to keep writing in, and I know they're going to keep posting on the stands. There, there are one issue, one issue stands that you'll only see when, when meat eating or veganism or whatever comes up um why did meredith why do you think they keep encouraging i mean just read the email and that's fine you don't have to read it on the air there's never really any original content brought by these well and that's what my note says more complaining about meat by vegans because that's what it is every single time (laughs) we've heard the arguments we all are aware of it we know it's going to pop up when they bring up meat on the show or meat eating, and then we're going to have to talk about it for three days. So yeah, I guess I think I'm little... just you know annoyed by the repetition of the conversation. But just don't eat it. Yeah, I'll eat what I eat. You eat what you eat, and shut up about it. Yeah, I was a vegetarian myself for quite a while, but it wasn't anything I ever talked about. It didn't come up. It didn't have to come up. It was mm-hmm. nobody's business but my own. Yep. I like it. Now let's move on to Wednesday, nineteen forty-nine. Respect the clock, tame the podcast. Opening with Luke telling us about a dream he had, which I will allow this one time because he dreams that he is in the role of Garrison Keillor, hosting (laughs) Home Companion on stage at an an outdoor venue in Seattle, if I remember correctly. He's getting about to the age where he can do the Keillor nose breathe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I definitely would be a good fit for that show. Yeah. I mean, is this he takes so many pot shots at Keeler and I don't blame him. Um and because he hosts Livewire, which is sort of a next generation Prairie Home companion of sorts, is this maybe deep down inside where he sees himself achieving his greatness? I really thought that John Moe was on that track until his show got canceled. Um because because John Moe really seems to be grooming himself. For that role, I don't think Luke actually sees himself as Garrison Keillor because I think he sees himself as a as a hipper, more edgier guy. But uh, hey, when that bluegrass music starts playing and they start waving money around, um, who among us could resist? Right, that that public radio money just uh, rolling in. Oh, I wonder if Ban- banjo stuffed with cash. That's that's what they have. <laughs> Very home companion. I, I want to pull a name, but I don't have one. When Gall- when Garrison Keillor was a young man, do you think he saw himself as the cutting edge next mm. generation of some old-timey radio operator? <laughs> he, he probably did, but at some point when, you, when you're able to braid your nose hair, you just get stuck you know, in an old man rut. Right. <laughs> Uh, there's some concur talk. Christy, you're the maven of concur on our show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, he's doing it wrong. Right. Well, he should be. <laughs> it's not that hard, is it? It's not you know, that I've hard. Used it too. It's pretty simple. It's it's like when people complain that Facebook is doing something wrong. It's not Facebook. It's you. Right. You need to look in the mirror at that point. Right. Well, and that's why that's why the the things like Concur have been invented is because like doing your expenses was a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because every company had a different way to do it. And, and you had to like grab up all your receipts and, you know, transcribe everything in and all that. So, I mean, you're complaining about something that's been invented to make your life easier. Mm-hmm. Although you do have to be able to remember your password. Mm. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Access to his work email probably wouldn't hurt. Mm-hmm. He's got to call his ex-wife and find out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> oh. oh, that was mean. Can you cut that out? Just kidding. He's <laughs> <laughs> only been legally married once. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Andrew decides during the conversation about whether it's inter or intra office Ooh. that he wants, yeah, we're really uh, yeah. breaking new ground here. He decides he wants to be a podcaster for hire in a big office somewhere, a la <laughs> Gossip Queen Mary Jenkins 227. Uh, except the podcast part. I thought that was a bit of a stretch when he said it, but yeah, um, he just wants to run a gossip column in a big workplace. That would be so fun. Is that an actual job? <laughs> Christy, you've, you've reigned in the executive assistant arena for a long time. I just assumed mm-hmm. that was part of your job. Oh, well, I would uh, have little bits that I would do to the other executive assistants, you know, daily. Um, little impressions that I would do, but if I could get paid to do that as a show and didn't actually have to like interact with other people besides that, I would love it. This is a plot device that has been used by countless TV shows and movies through the years. You know, the student newspaper, Mm -hmm. uh, the the radio, um, the blog that shits on everyone. For some reason, the one I think of is an episode of the British comedy are you being served where there's a newspaper in the workplace and it's exactly what andrew wants i don't know why that's the one that comes to mind for me except that it's a good show but um this this would be terrible right although it would be great if we could start talking shit about infinite guest people (laughs) well i have a bit of advice for anyone that wants to take this up uh when you are describing a co-worker's outfit uh to be extra hurtful call it a get up I, I mean, I don't know. I think anyone that would have a podcast about people and what they do and what they say are losers anyways, right? Yeah. Good point. Yeah. God. yeah. Who would do that? Yeah. Who would spend their time, money, Sunday mornings? <laughs> buy stickers, people. For the love of God, <laughs> buy stickers. <laughs> well, I worked really hard on stickers. I've worked hard on everything to do with the stickers. So if you want to support me... Buy some stickers because it's all me on the stickers. Stickers are me. Mike, I like that you wrote Steal Christie's Jokes on your notes for every single day this week. <laughs> yeah. And she got back at me by leaving no notes. So I got nothing. But you managed to steal Christie's credit. So I like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no doubt. Well, I think that Mike has a bigger fan base, especially a bigger fan base that has jobs. So maybe having him take credit for the stickers is a good idea. Uh, you're, uh, taking credit is just such a hurtful term. Um, getting credit where credit is due is more of a <laughs> in this case. 
compared to the money that you spent on collect calls talking to Mike in the 90s, ordering mm. some stickers is going to be nothing. It'll be great. Yeah. Thanks for accepting those calls, folks. And consider consider this sticker call, the collect call of uh, LRB from jail. Accept it. That's right. Uh, Luke, coming back from Bentonville, had a chatty flight attendant on a short hop flight that wouldn't get off the speaker. Oh, my God. Yeah, I think I've been there. Um, actually, we should explain Luke's travel issues for a minute with Concur. Apparently, somehow, his middle name got mixed into his name on yeah, his tickets. So, Luke Christian instead of Luke Burbank. Um, I don't know if any of you are a fan of a little podcast called The Gist. Mm, never, never heard, heard of it. Never nope. heard. What? Well, they've got this host named Mike Pesca. And he was explaining last week, I, I had some extra time, so I was, you know, channel surfing. Uh, he also had a very similar travel issue in that he was flying internationally and they refused to accept Mike as his name because Michael is on his passport. And so oh, I, just, I thought it was interesting that Mike and Luke had sort of similar travel issues in the same week. We had a, uh, we had a realtor come over yesterday morning and I introduced myself as Mike and he called me Michael like four times. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. That's a power move. Yeah. Yes. That's what I thought. Like he prefers Michael. Well, I don't. (laughs) So let's go with mine. Yeah. (laughs) Let's choose my preference. Okay. Here's the thing. When you're traveling internationally, you have, well, traveling at all, you have to make everything match. I'm not going to debate whether that is stupid or not. The same as taking off your shoes is ridiculous, but that's the rules. So follow the rules. Uh, If if you're a white man, come on. You don't have to follow these rules. I know this. (laughs) I mean, it's just like people who go through the security line and just stand there and then they have to be told, okay, take your laptop out. Wait, it has to come out of the bag? (laughs) Literally, there's signs everywhere. There's a woman walking up and down. I just was in a line, so I know. She's telling you everything you need to take out. There's giant signs, and there's an overhead announcement saying all of this. Don't I have a like laminate no around my neck that says I'm a white man, so they, they know. <laughs> I don't even have to make eye contact with, those, with that person. Uh, the Colbert show comes up again. Just a glimmer of hope for the show with a bit about yesterday's coffee, and I think we all heard that the way we will all hear all good bits from the Colbert show, which is that we'll see it online two or three days later Mm -hmm. if it rises Mm -hmm. from the top. That's That's why I always think that these shows are brilliant because I see like two, two things a month from them and they're brilliant. So I think Mm -hmm. they must be just doing brilliant stuff over there. And then when you actually tune in, you're like, Oh, it's the talk show. Right. Here and now does a segment about South park. Just reminding Luke about everything he hates about public radio. Not that they're doing a bit about South Park, but that they're handling it with kid gloves. Um, And Luke also has beef with Bellingham, Massachusetts, which is not far from me, actually, because it's way far outside of Boston, south of the city. Uh, And so you're all aware Bellingham, Mass. is about one-fifth of the size of Bellingham, Washington. And if his search results are all coming up Mass., then he's clearly doing something wrong. Yeah, Christy, you you went to school in Bellingham. It's a Mm -hmm. real town. It's not anything trivial no i think maybe um i don't know what it's called i'll call it a geotag but maybe his computer is holding on to 
when he was somewhere on the East Coast. Yeah, I don't understand how that can happen unless, like, your IP is getting routed through Massachusetts. Yeah. Your browser just, knows where you are at all times. Yeah. He getting might those need pool, to do a power cycle. Pool people out from Bellingham, Massachusetts is going to cost him a lot, so he needs to localize right. that search. Yeah, I mean, pools are expensive as it is. You don't need to fly a pool boy out. Right. Although if you do, I will come over and watch. Oh, <laughs> I knew we were going there. She's finally awake, folks. She's horny. <laughs> oh, the nice lady. Where is Jeremy right now anyway? <laughs> he's on an architecture tour. That's BS. He, he's, he water, he's waterproofed his, uh, his cell phone, so he's been in that shower. <laughs> God knows what the last hour. Well, so Bellingham, Mass. is the gateway to Franklin, for those of you who are looking to come out. Uh, Luke meets one of his neighbors and gets some explanation about why there's a gate randomly in the middle of his fence. Apparently... This is not going to turn out well. No, no, it's not. Apparently, the neighbor, or one of the neighbors, the one on the other side of this fence, used to have a, a standing invitation to come use the pool the phone killing pool anytime without mm. uh, clearance or permission day of to the point a gate was put in right and this hmm. is the polar opposite of the situation in port townsend where he was expressly right. forbidden to use his neighbor's stairs right so maybe this is cosmic karma actually i think there's a theme here though because the stairs guy joked about a not funny joke about having sex with his wife and the gate in the fence just made me assume that they were swingers with the previous neighbors. Oh, right. Hey, as an, as an older fella too, I, I sort of uh, see this as an insurance situation too. If you give your neighbors permission to be in your pool, what if they, you know, what if somebody just wanders over and jumps in and there's no water in there, all of a sudden <laughs> you're paying all their medical bills for the rest right. of eternity. Yep. Yeah. I got a, well, this is another reason why they're going to fill the pool up. Yeah. Well, I got a $4 padlock that'll that'll send the right message about that <laughs> gate. Oh, of course, if you're Andrew, it only takes seconds to put a new fence yeah. in. <laughs> uh, your top story from Wednesday, uh, Steve Ranazizi uh, is a 9-11 liar, which is mm -hmm. the opposite of a 9-11 truther. Mm -hmm. uh, he what's worse what's worth worse really truther i'll take a liar in yeah. i think there there have to be thousands and thousands of people out there lying about having been in or around the towers on that mm -hmm. day and probably always to get laid oh, oh no yeah. doubt and indirectly that's what he was doing as well yes. you know so right but i just need hit this to blow over because i can't have him leave the league no he's got to stay <laughs> yeah but also, I mean, it's I hard to get a new about... owner in your fantasy football leagues. So yeah, exactly. Make sure he stays in the league. Um, so you have a note about Devo's wedding. That's also a lie. He only is saying that it was a surprise wedding because because it blew up. Right. Because it got media attention and because it was awful. Oh, of course. That who? It wasn't funny. Who let someone else plan their entire wedding reception? No one. And knows nothing about it ahead of time. Yeah. Right. Oh, I just showed up here. This is weird. Box cutters. Yeah. What? <laughs> my my uh, my first wedding was a uh, surprise Holocaust bee Holocaust theme. Oh. And With Latin we're, American people... bees <laughs> carrying the appetizer. We yeah. only apologized when the media found out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. 
Well, stay tuned for next season when it's all Syrian refugees. <laughs> it's a costume event. Uh, of course, TiVo guy. And that's what I'm just going to call him here. Of course he was lying because that's the ultimate somebody hacked my Twitter account mm -hmm. athlete response, right? Right, right. Nobody ever tweets anything mean. Although Andrew's on fire, he makes the Holocaust joke earlier in the week. He off the cuff references this comedian's uh, upcoming Comedy Central special, The Twin Towers of Comedy. <laughs> mm. And that flew right past Luke. I thought that was hilarious yep. and he didn't pick up on it. Oh, God. Uh, this drifts into a conversation about Luke's friend, the liar, who has a scar that over the years has turned into the time he got shot in Thailand. Saving a Do child. we have guesses about who this friend is? Because I have a guess. Please, Meredith, tell us who you think it is. Yeah. <laughs> the mummy. Oh, yes, because they've played a lot of basketball together. Yep. It has to be the mummy. Mummy does it's everything mummy. in the service of getting laid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He does have a lot of scars from turning recycled pallets into homes. Exactly. I could say I, agree. So, I think that's brilliant. I really do. Um, you know, uh, my wife and I have a friend who is also a liar, but this friend, the lies are so weirdly inconsequential um, that we're completely entertained by it and would never think of calling this person. On the lies. In fact, it's a major feature of the friendship. It's just <laughs> like, like, uh, oh, what did what did that person say when you went out with them tonight? And then we'll have a good laugh over it. Sure. So I'm all in favor of everyone knowing a really, really good and and sometimes pointless liar because this person mm -hmm. doesn't lie to get laid. They just, we can't figure out what they're lying for. I like this thought about it being the mummy because another benefit to being a major liar is if you've got years of unexplained gaps in your employment because you were in Thailand. Right, that's why you have these mm -hmm. theoretical gaps of time. You weren't just high out of your mind in somebody's guest room. No, you, you just, you weren't just sleeping under some two by fours, leaning against somebody's house and calling it a <laughs> tiny dwelling. Hey, there's an extension cord running from that garage. It's great. <laughs> sure. <laughs> we move on to a note about the New York Times being verbose, explaining a submarine sandwich. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Shit. I, I, now I, I was, they were explaining what Subway is. I, now I need, we need to go all the way down. Uh, tell us about uh, Quiznos. What's your explanation of Witch Witch? <laughs> Come on, let's go. <laughs> what do you have on that? Because do they have all these things filed away like, like obits for – for celebrities, do they have like stock explanations of what common things that everybody knows what are are? There's a copy editor somewhere who was just like, "Oh, we need to fill four more lines." I know. We'll tell people what the fuck a su submarine sandwich is. Right. But Peter Sagel definitely had the last word on that. <laughs> that was so great. Uh, Andrew has a fear of missing out on the PRPD conference. Talking about nerdy radio people. Wow. Uh, Luke doesn't want to go, and Andrew wants to go but isn't going. I feel like this is a Freaky Friday or twin switch moment waiting to happen. Like they should just what? send Andrew as Luke. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Try to, you know, dress him up, give him the gingham shirt, you know. Put some uh, powder on his head. Yeah. <laughs> some bands and no socks. Yep, absolutely. But a public radio conference, I mean, you're talking about uh, a a conference in and of itself is boring. 
And then you take a boring subject. I mean, was Andrew just wanting to catch up on his sleep? Is that why you would want to go to a public radio conference? Do they have nap mats there? Do you like eat some graham crackers and then everyone pulls out their na- their mat and goes to sleep <laughs> for like two hours? Mike, you're completely wrong about this. Let me tell you why. As as discussed regularly, anytime you put a conference together where this many people with the same logic and thinking and likes and dislikes are in one place, it just turns into an orgy. Yeah, you're right. It's probably a fuck fest, but but <laughs> probably not as much now that John Gabeshi is not attending. <laughs> no, there are rules about consent, but everybody's in on it, and Billy Bob Thornton can come now, so it's great. Oh, yeah, he's welcome back. Is this an exception to sex day? <sighs> oh, sex day is just with thieves. Oh, okay. So it it doesn't apply to others. Right. Every day is the thing day at PRPD. Okay. The thing about PRPD and, and the wild sex going on there is I imagine there, as as conferences, as these, sorry, Aiden, fuck fests go, there are probably a lot more generous lovers at the public radio conference than there are, at, you know, most of you, like your Comic-Con, for example. Right. There's a lot of real considerate people. I wonder if there's more furries at the PRPD than Comic-Con. They're not I've never seen any public radio mascots. Yeah, they're not wearing fursuits. Those are just producers who haven't left their studios in several years. <laughs> those, those are just smelly beards. <laughs> the only awkward part is that they always have to stop at the top of the hour to reference the Herman Miller Aeron chair. <laughs> no, it's the Aeron, the, uh, the Aeron sex swing. Right. It's a new product. <laughs> right. In, in fuck for less true black. It's, yeah, I mean, it's good for your lumbar. A lot of support there when you're, you know, sexing down the uh, public radio ladies. <laughs> we get we get an email. Are you okay, Bobby? Are you all right? <laughs> Is that too much? You're, you're going to miss me, aren't you? Uh, just thinking about the time I met Terry Gross. Uh, we have an email from Jake about Dream Court. Uh, apparently... And I'm going to describe Luke, uh, Jake's dream, even though we don't usually do this. Apparently, he's getting job advice from Luke, and Luke's job advice is to go to Craigslist and find the oldest job listings, assuming that those places have fired or have lost the people that they hired last time around, and they're ready for someone new again. <laughs> Sound advice. Especially because all Craigslist ads are deleted after 30 days. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that's your longest. <laughs> 29 and a half. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, most of the jobs that I try to get on Craigslist last no longer than half an hour or an hour anyway. So <laughs> Yeah, if it takes longer than five minutes, I don't know, wouldn't even know what I'm paying for at that point. I mean <laughs> We also have an email from Shelley uh calling back to an uh, a film that Luke and Andrew couldn't place the name of recently, and that film is Lady Hawk. I've never seen it. Me neither. Me neither. Is it supposed to be a comedy? I couldn't understand anything about it, even after listening to the trailer and hearing them talk about it. Yeah, I'm just glad they won't talk about it anymore. Yeah. Uh, we will get obsessed about some other things, though. Uh, and we get talking about tens and their obsessions um, mm-hmm. for the greater good, of course. We've got Lin Pham with Marsupial Gurgle, uh, where he is cutting, I think, every sentence of every episode up into quotables that we can play. Uh, we've got 
Robin, the Tenver, who's working on the wiki, and it comes up again later in the week because they get a message from Robin, but I'll just say it now. The wiki could be a great tool if we harness it and we only get the wiki we deserve. So tobeautifultolive.wikia.com to help with the wiki people. Go do it. Um, my problem here is actually what wasn't mentioned, which was this podcast called Little Red Bandwagon. Well, never heard they, of it. They did not mention us, and I think we should get back at them by having a, a, a recap episode where we don't mention TBTL. So, let's do that. <laughs> okay. All right, everybody, put the gist in your. In your that should have been this week. That should have been this week for me since I only listened to about a third of the show. <laughs> <laughs> On Thursday, nineteen fifty, we've got unexpected calisthenics. Uh, Ruby. Uh, Rudy pounces another neighbor, uh, just setting the tone for years of living next to the Burbanks. And when Luke goes to intervene, he trips himself up and falls face first like a child. They made a really good point about falling. It's totally true. When when you're a kid, you know, you're always falling. And then now that I'm in my advancing years, I've fallen a couple times in the last couple of years. And it had been many, many years since I'd fallen in a non-sports-related incident. But uh, it, it definitely is um, something that happens when you're young and now something that happens when you're old. And the problem is when it happens when you're old, eh, sometimes you don't even get out of the hospital. You know, like you'll fall and that, that's it for you. When you're a kid, you'll, you'll fall and, and you're not even on the ground for five seconds. Um, so, Luke, you know, this is the first of many. Um, just – be careful. And and if it's gravel, just don't put your hands out too far. That's my advice. Right. And if Rudy had been on her run like she was supposed to be, oh, this would God, be a yeah. non-issue. Lazy Rudy. <laughs> Did, do you think he tried to run with her? Oh, I – first of all, I heard something about the run being attached to a tree stump which sounds like the wrong thing to attach a run to because it seems like it would be too easy to just pull it off. Oh, no, I'm talking about like he, she, uh, Rudy was supposed to run with Luke when he went on runs, right? Um, oh, right. But, but did, do you think that they ever tried that? Because I, I know it can be frustrating. Like um, the dogs that Emily had when I met her, she, she didn't walk them because they were really almost impossible. And, it, and I was walking them for about three or four weeks in a really frustrating way before they finally calm down. Like I, I feel like Rudy was supposed to run with Luke and it, she probably was pretty bad at it the first time. I think he I, mentioned at one point that she was too tired to, to do a full run. Like she wouldn't do it. <laughs> right. Right. Which, you know, it's like, it's like any, it's like a human, right? Um, if, if, Ru, if Rudy can't run a mile or two miles, you know, run her around the block and then run her around a block and a half tomorrow and two blocks the next day. I think this, this might be a Luke problem that Rudy is uh, out of shape and doesn't run. Well, Luke failed Ru uh, Rudy and then got mad at Rudy for it. So that follows a theme. Yeah, right. That's fabulous. That's a good dog owner right there. They don't train the dog. They don't tire the dog out. The dog acts up and then we're mad at the dog. <laughs> I could dig that. Uh, we'll jump to the Baron Vaughn conversation in a minute. But first, I, I think sometimes the ads don't go to everyone. So I don't know if everyone got this FanDuel ad from Thursday, but there's a reference to the fact that Luke missed the fantasy football draft for the tens league this year. And I lost count of the number of times we tried to get a hold of him for this goddamn draft. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the, the 
the Twitter notifications, the emails, um, many of which I I witnessed, many of which I, I forwarded or retweeted to make sure he saw. So yeah, let's, he was he was at his most phony when talking about. Uh, he sounded absolutely surprised. Yeah, he did. It was fabulous. Some great acting on his part. <laughs> he had just sat down after enjoying a delicious Blue Apron meal he had prepared, and completely ah! forgot. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. sorry. <laughs> Couldn't hold that one in. <laughs> All right. So our our top story is about sex robots. And when isn't it? When isn't it? <laughs> And we have certifiable sex robot expert Baron Vaughn in the house, apparently with no prep, to talk about sex robots. This was a, a surprisingly enlightening conversation, thoughtful, yeah. considerate conversation from Baron Vaughn. He was awesome. And I thought Andrew did a great – every joke Andrew told landed really well, I thought, this whole interview. Yeah, well, he was in his element because he's the only one who had seen Cherry 2000. Because he's the only one who smokes pot. Right. (laughs) And uh, that's not something that Andrew slips on very often on the show. So that was interesting that he mentioned that he's the only one who got high and saw that movie. Um, I saw that movie when I was younger and I was not high. I'm not a big fan of the sex robots or the idea of sex robots because isn't isn't the the fun of of having sex with someone else – they're – in the convincing, you know, in the in the romance, <laughs> the coercion—that's the fun part. Right, right, the right. coercion. Like, if a robot's programmed to have sex with you, how fun is that? It's like, oh, oh boy, what did I do today? Well, I had sex with something that was designed to have sex with me. It's like getting excited, getting excited over making a, uh, sending a text with your, with your cell phone. It's like, oh, what'd you do today? I did exactly with this device exactly what it was supposed to do something tells me you could program cherry 2000 to play hard to get she can make <laughs> you take her out to dinner sure sure mm-hmm. i yeah you'd need to you'd need to program something with a little challenge in it for she, me because i'm just not i'm just not into it unless i had to work a little bit for it she has a headache but tomorrow is saturday so maybe <laughs> if you make her breakfast yeah. <laughs> i buy the right kind of wine cooler i mean motor oil <laughs> Which is also described as blood. So are they drinking blood? Mm. Robot blood? <laughs> now it's getting interesting. Uh, uh, now, well, now this we're talking. is the thing. The robots will do things that, you know, a decent girl would never do. So things can get a little freaky. Hmm. Well, now I'm getting, now I'm coming around a little bit. See, there you go. Let's walk around the showroom then. <laughs> what, what's new here? Honestly, so this conversation is too long for us to have made it the clip of the week, but everyone should just go listen to it if you haven't, because I don't know that we'll do it justice, but I, I was still amazed at just how good of a, like, I don't know that Baron told any jokes, you know, like, I think he had some funny comments off the cuff, but like, usually when a comedian pops in, they do a little material, they sort of sell themselves on why you should go to their stand-up show, and Baron Vaughn just showed up and was a great co-host for 20 minutes. So go see him when he's in your town, I guess. <laughs> I did see him in Fort Worth a couple of months ago. He was really, really great. And it was at a small theater company. And I was a little bit surprised because almost everyone in the audience was 75 or older. 
And I was like, is this Baron Bonds crowd? But it turns out they were just members of the theater society and they just had tickets for whatever. So they were just there, <laughs> but they Mary, were delighted. What do you think the, uh, Howie Mandel crowd's going to look like when you go? Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> Boy, I can't wait for our accidental Howie Mandel tickets. Yeah. Can you tell us how you came into some Howie Mandel tickets? Oh boy. What a boon. Um, my husband wanted to go see Richard Lewis. Um, and, uh, thought that Howie Mandel was Richard Lewis and he's playing at the Choctaw Casino in Oklahoma next month. You guys are driving to Oklahoma to see Howie Mandel. Uh, apparently we got a hotel room and everything. I got a hotel room. Boy, the Howie Mandel industry. I mean, think about the, this is this is a boon to the economy up the, for our Oklahomies up there. We're missing a friend's wedding because it'll be when we're coming back. Oh my so, God. and it's have all you, because. Are you going to make up a different excuse? Because I definitely would. <laughs> I should work on it. I, I have a Rolodex of cancer excuses now. That Okay, I'm, good. I'm, I'll borrow one of those. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I think the question that needs to be asked is, why did he want to go see Richard Lewis? I don't know. <laughs> we'll have to get him on the show to explain himself. I have no idea. Well, stop him from working on his time machine and get him on the show. And we'll talk about I'll just pop open a Boku juice and enjoy it. <laughs> uh, we'll go on to emails. We get an email from listener Graham. A furry 10 explaining that the logic of furries, which is that they enjoy the mental escape of an overlay on reality, wherein, in addition to you and me, dear Wagoneers, uh, there are just some some talking animals, some anthropomorphic uh, furry animals with fursuits. Fur. Mm, with holes cut out for genitalia so they can have sex. At PRPD. Hopefully. In a swing. If all goes well. I mean, they're not robots, so there's no sure thing. At right. The party, so. right. Uh, Andrew clarifies, he's not a furry. He just loves mascots. <laughs> and he mentions the New Hampshire Fisher Cats, uh, which are the not as nearly as impressive named minor league baseball players as the original New Hampshire primaries. That wasn't a real thing, though. That was just like a suggestion, right? Uh, the, the New Hampshire primaries never existed. I mean, there weren't like races during the eighth inning with like Bernie Sanders, you know, paper mache head and Hillary Clinton running around the bases, right? Or around the outfield. I would pay to see that. I feel like if they're anything other than a Nationals minor league team, though, it's not funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be in the Nationals chain. Right. <laughs> it's a short day, but it's, it's, you know. Like if the Brewers minor league team had a mascot race, it should involve Vienna sausages. <laughs> We're the only two people laughing. Um, Luke makes a joke about the Worcester Fisher Kings, which could lead me down a whole conversation about minor league baseball teams, but I won't do it here. Just go look at the Stens page of a couple of us who nerd out about these things posted a bunch of minor league baseball logos. So just go. There was a point, I, I mean, just, just for the listener's sake, there was a point, I think about 15 to 20 years ago, when every minor league team in America and in Canada went away from traditional names, like, you know, they would be um, just the minor league version of the Kansas City Royals, like it was the Omaha Royals or whatever. They all switched over just to sell merchandise. They all switched over to whimsical uh, river bats, uh, Fisher yeah. King, you know, just... Anything where they could get some 
weird color scheme going and some mascot going and sell a few more hats. And it's just led to all kinds of um, crazy nicknames. And the New Hampshire primaries would actually be a clever one. I'd get behind that. But I want to go back <laughs> to the days when, when you know, the minor league team for the Cubs were the Cubs. Well, I don't think that's going to happen in the age of the Carolina Mudcats, which is yeah. the team that, that Luke crossed names with. He was talking about upstate New York minor league baseball, which is kind of my wheelhouse. He said the Mudcats. What he was thinking of is actually the the short A seasoned Batavia Muck Dogs, mm, which if you're going to have mud in your name, that's still better than muck. Yeah, <laughs> right. The shit kings. Right. <laughs> now there is a Triple A Toledo team called the Toledo Mud Hens. Everyone knows that because of Mash. No, that was Akron Mud Hens. I think you're mistaken, Bobby. Uh, Google right now. No, no, you're right. The, the, mud, <laughs> the mud hens feed into the tigers, right? The Detroit Tigers. They, they always did. I don't know. If the teams have they changed their affiliations now. But That's one of the reasons they, long, long they can't keep their names anymore is because yeah. they've changed so often. But, yes, they are a Tigers still, AAA Tigers team. Oh, good for them. Yeah. Go Rochester Red Wings and Buffalo Bison. Utica Blue Sox. <laughs> um, we have an email from listener Patricia. Following up on the SNL Latin American bees from earlier in the week, just to let us know that the bees were funny in the seventies because of the immigration panic. Cause that was hilarious. And because of actual bees, I did actually know this when they were talking about it and it bugged me. Mm-hmm. Africanized bees were coming up from, you know, Latin America, generically speaking, uh, and, uh, messing with our regular bees. And so apparently that was funny because of that. Well, the, the way you could tell, I was alive during this time, and the way you could tell if a bee was Africanized is it would wear a dashiki. Oh. Uh, and Jeremy, if you put in crickets after that one, I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> but Bobby's doing the editing, so feel free. <laughs> Shit. We're going to Friday. I'm too lazy. Don't worry about it. Uh, we're going to Friday, 1951, an eight ball of carbs. Luke's got his phone in rice because as we've been talking about this whole show, uh, it took a swim in the pool at Burbank Springs. Uh, But actually, before we get into that, I want to make a point that Luke starts the show by telling us he should have used the bathroom. And I I feel like once in a while, these guys lose track of the fact that the show's not live. Yeah. Like they could have started two minutes late. That's, That's fear of editing. Is what you'll sit and hold your bladder or, or hold your your spinkster, as I like to call it. You'll hold it d- so you won't have to like do an edit, a two minute edit. But that didn't even know. involve editing. That just involves starting the show two minutes later. Right. Oh yeah, I guess you're right because it was at the top of the show, right? It wasn't yeah. like in the middle where, like, oh geez, I really got to go. It made me anxious the rest of the show. Well, <laughs> Luke could have just gone when Andrew was going on about Minecraft. I mean, uh... I've gone to the bathroom twice, and you guys didn't notice. <laughs> Well, to be fair, you didn't even get up out of your chair. So I mean, how are we right. supposed to know? It's a hotel. You just treat it like, you know. <laughs> right. Oh, God, I hate hotel chairs so much. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I have to send pictures. Jeremy sits in one. He's like, uh, I think these are for decoration. They're the weirdest things ever. I just, you know, I sit down in a hotel chair buck naked after getting out of the shower. And then remember, I'm not the first person to do that. Right. Thanks for the image, Bobby. You're welcome. <laughs> I need a picture of that. 
<laughs> That's exclusive LRB content. Go to robertpape.com slash LRB extra. Don't worry. Don't worry. No matter, no matter what you look like, Bobby, your sex robot is still going to have sex. <laughs> we have another neighbor encounter. Uh, actually a couple. Uh, Luke gets flowers from some of the neighbors and also an invitation from the daughter of an elderly neighbor to come over for coffee and carrot cake. Uh, Carrie has gone over as the advance team to meet this elderly neighbor and has texted back that this is Carrie's new BFF. Oh, so that's adorable. Uh, and it's, it's good to have, you know, that, that neighbor around. Although I worry about Luke talking about coffee while he's really going to go. <laughs> uh, Music for your weekend was integrated into this episode. I did not write down the names of the songs, so just go listen back if you want them. I, you know what? I don't. I don't really usually care for music for your weekend, but if they're going to do it, I like the way they did it. I, and I think if this might be something that they were directed to do or something that they figured out to do, but when they weave it in, it just seems more natural, and it, there's less of a tendency, at least for me, to just tune it out at the end, like Meredith does the sports ball talk right well it reminds me of when tbtl always had a musical break in the early yeah. podcast days which i fast forwarded through most of the time and i love music but that's not why i'm listening to the podcast so i get 30 seconds of it i'm like oh that's good i'll go back to it later and then skip two and a half yeah. minutes well occasionally though you know you'd hear it and you'd listen to the end because you really liked it i mean yeah but so i think it might be a better way to do it oh, i don't know i liked it if you've really got to take a shit uh, the song right in the middle is the way to do it. <laughs> Bobby, you're just letting us in on you're, you're put, pulling up the curtain on a lot of your life here. <clears throat> yeah, whatever you do, just don't move that curtain. Uh, <laughs> no, actually, my biggest concern was that Luke runs to the bathroom and back, and uh, he, he it was a little quick. Uh, is there an under over on whether or not he washed his hands? Hmm. Well. I see. I don't. I don't like to throw stones because I'm very quick in the bathroom. Okay. So, so and and I worry about that sometimes too. It's people go, well, did he wash his? You know. So I'm I'm sensitive on that. So I can't weigh in on that. Well, that's what two minutes of Twitter is for. You just, you know, stall. Don't confuse me with Jeremy. I'm not filibustering in there. I, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going through sixteen rolls of toilet paper. It's it's not a time that I that I treasure. You know, I, I I find my time better spent outside of the bathroom. But Jeremy, yeah, God God bless him. He's still in there right now. God help the next people that get that hotel when room. We, That's all I'm gonna say. When we run out of stickers, maybe the next thing we should put in the merch store is LRB toilet paper. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like Tom's. Uh, you buy a pair and they give a pair to someone in need. If you buy a roll of our toilet paper, uh, Jeremy gets a roll. Okay. Mm, right, right. It sends a roll to sends a roll to Jeremy just when he needs it the most. I I passed over, but we should go back. Luke's phone took a swim uh, because he was working near the pool in a pair of used coveralls that he bought that were too small. That were too small and had somebody else's name embroidered in them, Lodka. And uh, wait, wait, wait. Let's talk about the used coveralls for a second and the two small coveralls. A used, I don't care. But but two small coveralls. The problem with that, um, with coveralls being too small, is not the not width-wise. 
you know, like, like if you're kind of too fat and it's too tight around your middle or whatever, but like if they're too small lengthwise and you got to pull coveralls over your shoulder, over your shoulders and button them, what's happening with that inseam? Yeah. That seems like you're the recipe for racking yourself all day long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm uncomfortable just thinking about it. <laughs> So you guys were uncomfortable about the potty break situation. I was uncomfortable about the NC situation. It was just an awkward episode. You know, the thought with the coveralls, it's not like they're designed to be uh, tailor fit. You know, you're not getting slim fit coveralls. Right. So yeah, you're right. right. That's probably what Luke wants. He wants J. Crew coveralls. Oh, God, yes, of course he does. <laughs> oh, I want a pair of $300 coveralls. Uh Luke had the phone in the pocket, snap shut, apparently. Uh, and apparently the snap uh, was showing us age. <laughs> or girth. <laughs> <laughs> so he's got his phone in a bag of rice. By the way, not regular rice, though. Trader Joe's brown jasmine rice. My first instinct was brown rice isn't going to do it. That's not real rice. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a proper carb. Well, and he's still doing it after this research he's done about how rice is the worst thing to put your wet phone in. Right. There are so many better substances, like couscous. I've never tried to save a phone from water before, so I've never had to do this. I did it once, and it worked with mm-hmm. rice. Okay. But I think it has to be white rice. I don't think it matters. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, I've used quinoa, but only Israeli quinoa works. <laughs> Don't try it with your garden variety quinoa. It just isn't going to work. So what happens when you get rice in the Orify? <laughs> I just wanted to say rice in the Orify. Um, did, this, did the rice drift directly into the Thai food with chopsticks conversation? <laughs> Can you eat the rice after you save your phone? You can eat the phone, but not the rice. Oh, okay. Perfect. Uh, just to call back to the time that Luke was being so low-carb that a piece of baby corn was a treat. <laughs> baby corn is never a treat for anyone. Baby corn is disgusting. It tastes like uh, nothing. It's, it tastes like canned something. Like what the inside of a can tastes like. <laughs> even, even starving children and people in developing countries will turn corn baby corn away. It's like a prop. No thing. It's like uh like if if you're if you're a little kid and you're you're playing with dolls or something, you know, and you oh this is the beard having some corn, you know? It's not real food. No. I don't get it. All right. So we have a group consensus on baby corn being yes. bullshit. Yes. <laughs> Complete yes. bullshit. And and anybody anybody who's using valuable space on their salad bar to put baby corns up there. Yeah. They uh, should die. Stop it. Into the follow-up file for top stories. Uh, our favorite 9-11 comedian is having his Buffalo Wild Wings ads pulled. Uh, Luke weirdly defends him. Not defends him, but sort of tries to lessen the impact of this on his career. I don't know. Maybe Luke's just always fighting for the guy who makes a mistake. He seems to think... I think well, Luke is trying to get out in front of something. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I kind of feel as on that one because, I, you know... I don't know if you guys know this, but I was in prison and I tell some stories and I, I'm sure I'm not telling them the same way every time. And I'm sure that, that my, my role as either hero or goat in whatever story is getting stronger 
over time. So yeah, it, by by defending that guy, he does seem to be sort of excusing any future calling on, you know, his shit story at the kingdom, whatever it is, if he is embellished a little bit and if someone's ever able to prove that he did, he can say, well, you know, huh, I'm an entertainer. I tell a lot of stories. Are you telling me that Luke wasn't at Pearl Harbor? Hmm. Well, yes, but he didn't shit his pants like he claims. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Andrew, for his part, just wants chicken wings now. And me too. Michael, I want carrot cake and chicken, chicken wings yep, right now. Too. Chicken wings would be great right now, especially because we're about to go watch some football. Uh, Luke reminds everyone that he went to Pete's Anchor Bar while he was in my native Buffalo, except that it's not Pete's, it's Frank and Teresa's Anchor Bar. Uh, not the first time he's fucked up the name of Anchor Bar, probably won't be the last. Do you think he's going to lose his DraftKings um, sponsorship since he messed that up? <laughs> we should be so lucky. And it's FanDuel. Uh, yeah. Twisted, uh, Baron, and her promo code divorce. <laughs> I think I, I mentioned this the other day. I saw a parod, uh, promo code parody, and I understand that that's a sports term, but it just seems like a really awkward word out of context to use. It was that is that a um, was that a uh, coupon code for DraftKings? Yeah, I think so. See, that's no good. Parody is not good if you're trying to win, you don't want to type in parody, right. Also, the people, the kind of people that are going to uh, be into this don't know how to spell the word parody. Mm, true. It would <laughs> just be party. Like, it would be my party code. I don't get it. Right. Is that an O or an A or? Right. A parody account. Is it because DraftKings is a strange parody of gambling? Mm, yeah, I think it is. I, uh, I don't well, understand how any of that works, but you have to pay it to get in, right? Yeah, yeah, it's gambling. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's, me and Stu Bot will talk about it on the sports podcast that we're launching. But I think Macaulay, Mike Macaulay posted something in the Stens page about it. Because there was a whole um, article about what this kind of thing is. Right. Yeah, there are a lot of winners at uh, Draft, King, Draft Duels and Fan Kings. Lots of winners. Lots of winners there. That's right. Um, but also, <laughs> what they don't tell you. Losers. Yeah, and and it's who's like paying for my advertising? Scam. Yeah, kind of. It's just something. It's more. It's very much luck based, but the numbers are stacked against you, just like any casino. But probably yeah. numbers are even more stacked against you with this kind of thing. I'm very surprised it's legal in the U.S. because back when I was a, a more of an avid sports gambler, I had to have an offshore account. I had to, you know, to to do that stuff but this is just very out in the open and well seems it seems shadier even than than offshore it's very technically speaking a game of skill and that's why they can do that oh yeah yeah yeah. and you buy credits instead of using actual money right just credits that are directly related to money Uh, (laughs) baron vaughn chimes back in because after yesterday's show when you thought he could have known anything more about sex robots he is reminded by his girlfriend, oddly, that he wrote a song about sex robots and recorded it. So we get to hear Baron's sex robot song, which was good. I liked it. I, how do you feel? I mean, Meredith, Chrissy, how do you feel if you're the current girlfriend and your boyfriend's still singing about his old sex robot? She might be a sex robot. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> she might not know. Right. She's just <laughs> it's not aware. Baron, don't you remember you wrote a song about me? 
Maybe he's terrible at sex, and so the sex ro- robot is okay. She's okay with that. Well, he needs he to go to pass. the PRPD and pick up some tips from the generous lovers <laughs> over there. Yep. <laughs> oh, speaking of awkward radio people, um, Cairo is run by Mormons, which gave our emailer Matt's uh, email some perspective. He started a new job that seems to be managed on the Hubbard method of management. Anyone want to tee up for Scientology? Hey, I enjoy my life. I'm not going to get involved. Uh, Dear leader, of course it's managed by the Hubbard method because it's a well-run, efficient company. I like it. Uh, Moving on. (laughs) I, for one, welcome our news. (laughs) That's right. Uh, Music for your weekend ends with listener Justin recommending a song by Kurt Vile, which was good, but I missed the name of it. Yeah. Uh, and that's it. That's our week. Did I miss anything, guys? Oh, Luke's passcode has a four in it, so we're three digits away from being able to hack Luke's phone. <laughs> there, there is one thing that I wanted to mention. Uh, the SNL sketches and why they're um, why they're featured so prominently in State Farm insurance commercials. Uh, yeah, most of these sketches were not very funny, but... The thing is, the the sketches that they're reviving, the Coneheads and uh, what are the other ones? Uh, the the making copies Hans guy, Hans. Uh, right? Um, what they're what they're bringing back is stuff from the youth or the the young adulthood of of people that are now middle aged to older white folks like me, and these are the people that buy insurance. So it's you know like sixty year old white guy or white woman, we buy insurance. So don't expect the, the ads to be aimed at younger folks or even right. anything particularly still funny. Suckling off their parents' insurance. Right. It, the, these are these are aimed directly at me if I had worse taste than I do. Uh, I would I would totally be all over, you know, oh the, oh that's so great. That's so funny. You know, let me call my insurance agent and get one more policy. Oh, the Hans and Franz package. Right, the Hans and Franz package that'll protect me from my neighbor going through the gate and jumping into my empty pool. <laughs> yeah. So I just wanted to explain, you know, why these things are happening. It doesn't mean that 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 they're funny or that it will ever entertain me or Luke or anyone except dummies. But we are the we are the dummies. I'm speaking for my generation. We are the dummies that are buying a lot of insurance. Correct. If if Phil Hartman, God bless him, was still around, I would totally buy insurance from Frozen Caveman Lawyer. <laughs> and, let's, and let's face it, he would be the third colonel. Right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He'd be selling us chicken in no time. Yeah. And I had just had one note. Um, on Thursday, the beginning of the show, we get to hear the origin of the word podcart. Um, a lot of people have asked for this one as a TBTLism, and that's kind of dropped off of our run sheet. But um, it actually is from Brian Cranston doing a, a little thing for Adam Carolla, where he says, um, Jimmy Kimmel is the, the king of light night, and you just have your podcart. Yeah, it's so from it's from that, a video that, that uh, Adam Carolla did with Brian Cranston to for the start his trolls, to start right? movie. Right. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was for the the um, trolls. The lawsuit. Yeah, the lawsuit. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. It was a fundraiser, but that's what it was for. Right. 
It was hilarious. Go watch that video, actually. The whole yeah, thing it was is amazing. Really and cool. he's like clutching all his Emmys. Yeah, he has all his Emmys. All right. Some housekeeping. First, uh, the Boston meetup. Uh, this is turning into quite a soiree. This was sort of just uh, planned on the fly, but we're looking forward to it. Sadly, it's not Alice's, and sadly, uh, Joe and Mike won't be there to force Malort down everyone's throats. But uh, Friday, September 25th, so this upcoming Friday, we're going to meet up starting at 4, for those of you who can escape work early, but we'll be there later if you can't, uh, at RF O'Sullivan and Sun, technically. Uh, RFO Sullivan's in Somerville, Mass. on Beacon Street. Come out and see us. Let's see, Bobby, that sounds made up. RFO Sullivan's in Somerville, Mass. That just, that sounds so Boston made. That sounds like something that I would make up if I were going to make up a Boston Tens meeting. It's not in the right part of town, though. If you were going to make it up, it'd be in Southie. Uh, oh, right. right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> we're meeting up because Ruby Davey, uh, Seattleite, but former Boston, is coming back home, or actually is back home now. And we're using it as an excuse to get together. So come out and out Friday for uh, the details are all on the boss tens page. And if you're close enough to come, but not in that group, you're doing something wrong. Come join the TBTL boss tens group. Uh, we get together like once every three years, uh, but this will actually be the second time in a couple of months that the boss tens have, have pulled it together. So we're setting a new pace for friendship. Come join us. Uh, and now Mike, your turn. Uh, yes. Um, I haven't been on much lately. And one of the last shows that I was on, we talked about uh, my wife, Emily's condition. She uh, has a, a brain tumor and it did not go away as we hoped. We thought it, we thought when we got the second MRI, it might have been just some swelling or infection that would clear. But it is a tumor and she is going to uh, undergo surgery uh, pretty shortly Um and I don't want to go into a lot of the details, but um, my participation in LRB will be spotty for a little while while we get her through the initial um, physical rehabilitation. Um, a lot of people want to know what they can do or how they can like express their feelings of sympathy or, or help. Um, Emily likes getting stuff in the mail. So uh, send me a direct message. And, and if, if you want to um, send something, uh, we enjoy snacking here at the household. Uh, we also enjoy, uh, I think uh, April in Denver is going to make some earrings for Emily, which is a nice thing. Um, I'm not going to give our address over here. Although, you know, if you're a professional like Bobby, you, you already know where everyone lives. So I think Meredith, aren't you a pretty good internet stalker too? Um, yeah, I asked you for your address and I got it. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I, you went, no, Mike's pretty easy. He, he's pretending that he's going to be shifty, but no. She went through the front door, but I, I think I've, <laughs> I think I've heard of you doing some stalking on some people. Um, I can stalk, yeah. Yeah, but but feel free to do as Meredith did and just ask, and and I'll provide our address, and and you can send us. Uh, send, don't send me anything because that'll make her mad. Because I've already gotten some <laughs> stuff since since she's fallen uh, ill to this thing, and uh, makes her mad when I get something. And she doesn't. So do not put my name on it. Um, yeah, send me a direct message. And, um, you know, it, it would be nice to get some stuff while we go through this. But uh, I hope to be on as as much as I can. We don't really know what the immediate future looks like. Uh, and it may take a little while for her to recover. But we appreciate, you know, everyone who's been asking. We appreciate it. Well, keep up when you can. 
We'll want you here as much as we can have you. And you know, I'm a fan of mailing things. So I hope everyone will. <laughs> you, you have two charges this week, which is to go buy some stickers at littleredbandwagon.com and also to mail some stuff to Emily. <laughs> buy some stickers for Emily and have them shipped to their house. <laughs> she loves stickers. In fact, she eats them sometimes. <laughs> She eats stickers all the time, dude. All the time, dude. <laughs> all right, everybody. Let's tell you how you can get involved. Wait, Mike? Yes. Jeremy wants to know if he can mail himself to Emily. Hmm. Um, I would say, well, let me just say this. I mean, I've thought about, I knew this time would come when Jeremy would say something like, so I've given a lot of thought on how I would respond to his latest advance on my wife. And what I have to say is this. Fuck you, Jeremy. <laughs> I just want to see a picture of Jeremy standing on a free digital scale from Stamps.com. <laughs> oh, oh. I'll put a couple air holes in there. So hopefully he'll arrive. Not dead. All right, people. Find stickers and more and a form where you can sign up to be on our Saturday show at littleredbandwagon.com on Facebook at Little Red Bandwagon. Also, the Stens page, of course, as always. Our Twitters, I'm at RL Pape, Mike, Drew McFrizz, Christy, K-I-S-S-I-E-Y-E-S, Jeremy, with his phone, live right now from the bathroom at Dadstronaut, and uh, <laughs> Meredith, it's uh, Meredith underscore Mahan. Yeah. And that's M-A-H-A-N. Uh, the show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. By the way, Meredith doesn't use Twitter a lot, just kind of like me. I'm still trying to do it. You can also just find her on Facebook. She loves having strangers as friends. She told us before we started rolling. So it's give her a like. Uh, a stranger is just a creep you haven't met yet. Exactly. <laughs> Email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. Send us a voicemail or leave us a text at 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. And if you want all the latest on the wedding planning for Christy Wise <laughs> and Jeremy, check out Nerd Out Loud, their podcast. Christy, any highlights we should listen for in this most recent episode? Well, let's just say when we got to the Hollywood Club, a lot of ladies had a lot of stuff to talk to Jeremy about yesterday. <laughs> they just, one um, one person came up to me and said, you are right, and he is completely wrong. So, mm -hmm. I, you know, I always like a day like that. Some things never change. Now it's just about your wedding. <laughs> I I heard that he booked a weed magician for, to officiate your wedding. Is that correct? <laughs> well, I do believe that the weed magician in another wearing a different hat does do weddings. Yes. You're not surprised. <laughs> oh, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little card trick for the ceremony would be fantastic. All right. Uh, Christy, get us out of here. Okay. Never wait for cheese. Go Hawks. <laughs> uh, I love you, Jen. And never wait for your strong safety. <laughs> <laughs> Better. Glad to have you this week, Mike, and uh, watch for those flying accidents. All right, kids, we've gone done, done it. Meredith has to come up with something. Yes. Oh. Uh. Yeah, welcome to my hell every week. Those two have. Shit. <laughs>
very squared away. We could let you go with the nailed it this week. Yeah, okay. that that's that'll be a placeholder for you. Okay. Nailed it. <laughs>